I want to play a game. Welcome in to the Bro for Squad podcast. We're a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching movies. This is our 2023 spooktacular episode. I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek, joined as always by the mad scientist, Brian Banner. Before we get started with the movie discussion tonight, Banner, what scares you? Um, I mean, just being in crippling debt every day and uh, having to pay bills, you know, basically just being an adult. Uh, for me, it's werewolves. Mm. So, pretty, pretty I don't similar. like snakes either. We snakes scare the shit out of me too. Not a snake guy. Snakes and crippling financial debt are the two. Maybe not even in that order. <laughs> a snake worked at my bank. That would be the ultimate. God, that's just my worst right, well, nightmare. Welcome. Yeah, welcome into our spooktacular. We try to do these every year. I think this is our fifth one, so we've skipped a few years. But uh, around the Halloween season, of course, we like to talk Halloween movies, scary movies, and then some movies that don't tie into that as well. But uh, on the Bro4 Squad podcast, if you've not listened to us before, we begin every episode with the most important thing in any bro's life, and that is chess day. Brian, our chest night, chest day tonight is us talking about the three movies that we watch every Halloween, or uh, at least try to watch every Halloween. Now, I have mine in a ranking from three to one, but I didn't know if you had yours. Uh, yeah, I got mine. Okay, perfect. So is there any more context we want to give for this criteria? I just picked three that I love so much that I watch them every year, and surprisingly... Um, these are all like comedies, but they're Halloween centric, I guess, for mine. Not even intentional, but that's how my list panned out. Anything you want to preface your list with? Uh, no, I mean, this is like this is just like the uh, our top 100 list. This is my list. These are the three that I watch for my specific reasons. Um, so keep that in mind, too, before you're like, what? You watch that movie every fucking year? What's wrong with you? Banner sees a lot of movies, but he also sees a lot of movies consistently, meaning like, let's say you watch 100 movies in a year. I would say like 20 to 30 of those are like rewatches for you, which I think is kind of a rarity. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, Yeah, I I will rewatch movies over and over um, if I like it. So. Plus, you have. A young daughter, so I would imagine when she finds something that she likes, that just gets played on repeat. It does. Not as bad now that she's getting a little older, but there was a time where we watched Finding Nemo about 47 times in a day and a half. So that was awesome. Yeah. Remember those days. All right. Uh, Brian, what is your number three movie that you typically watch every Halloween? Number three that I try to watch every Halloween is Halloween from 1978. Oh. The original. Uh, I mean, what what else do you watch uh, on Halloween other than a movie titled Halloween? It just has incredible like ambiance. Takes place obviously on Halloween night, which is really cool. Great score. It's scary, but like not in a way that it like still freaks me the fuck out with all the jump scares. It's just like a like tension that's built. It's really, it's just a classic. It is. It's a, it is. It's. It was in the heyday of the thriller movies, you know. I mean, I don't want to say it birthed the thriller movie because I, I don't know how factual that is. I know 
Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and all that, they all came out around that same time, I believe. But this was definitely right there in just those those glory years of, of thriller movies. This was one of, like, the first horror movies, I think, that made, like, the slasher or the killer... Um, like basically rooted in reality. Like even if you watch Friday yeah. the 13th, you see some of the things Jason does and you're like, I mean, that's creepy, but like, I'm not really worried about a guy doing that in real life. And obviously Freddy Krueger, it's like, that's pretty fantastical as creepy as the concept is everything. Michael Myers did in the original could very conceivably be done by a human being that could in theory live on your street. Yep. So sleep good tonight. Knowing that. Yeah. Fuckers. <clears throat> All right, Horns, what um, is your my number, number three? Yeah, my number three I don't think could be more different from your Halloween, uh, and that is the original Clue. Oh, I love which, Clue. Uh, I love Clue. I would almost describe it Clue is very, very good. Really good Halloween feels. Like, the opening credits to it are quintessential Halloween to me with the rain, yep. the score, the thunder. It's just like nothing gets me in the mood more than that. And you know, I love any movie that is a whodunit and that takes place in one night. Clue checks both of those boxes. Um, aside from being insanely clever, it's also just fucking hilarious. And I actually don't think the first time I saw it, I really picked up on a lot of the comedic beats in it, even though I would describe it genre-wise as probably a comedy first and maybe a mystery movie second if you I would definitely to, like, definitely categorize it like that incredible cast obviously it's based on the classic board game um it's just a great halloween watch a nice murder mystery whodunit that uh doesn't take itself too seriously but still will scratch that itch that any mystery lover has and i love actually watched this pretty recently i i love the uh just the cleverness of let's have three different endings and when it came out in theaters, you never know which one you were going to get. And then now it's it was this. No, nope, but it could have been like this. But it was actually like this. Like, just it's genius. Why has no one tried to emulate that? Like, you know how cool that would be now if there was a movie out and it was like, yeah, you're going to get one of three endings depending when you go. And like, why like, has no logistically, one that, that was probably a nightmare back, what, in the mid 80s when this came out. Now it wouldn't be oh, hard. Yeah, like, I don't know how it's digital. Yeah, exactly. Like back then, they probably just had to random randomize the reels that they had them on. Uh, but yeah, now it would be really easy to, to do it. That'd be so cool. That that might be like the next evolution of movie going. Uh, since everything gets spoiled, who knows what movie? That would really help for like repeat viewings too. It would. Like people going to see it. God, we should just run the fucking studios. We should run everything. Really, I mean. So many good ideas. All right, Brian, what's your number two uh, movie you watch every Halloween? Number two, try and watch every year, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Don't say his name three times. Oh, I fucked up. Um, again, guys, this yeah. is just a classic. Is there anything that gets you more in the mood than than Michael Keaton and Beetlejuice? This was Tim Burton's heyday, and at the time, no one did horror better than him. No. And the colors, I mean, he has this very unique color palette that he used. And I think Beetlejuice is kind of the, his, his Van Gogh of, of that color palettes that he used. Living in like this um, world where it's like the aesthetic is obviously like uh, so fantastical, 
like the the surroundings and the sets and everything it's like a dark it's like alice in wonderland but on acid basically yes i don't suggest that but yes and like you said keaton i mean when he when you take the leash off him comedically i just think he's so underrated this yeah. is like quintessential keaton this, i mean Mr. people Mom, forget how guys how much of a comedian he he is and was and again this is this is when he was kind of at, the, at his right in his prime as well well yeah i mean he got his start as a comedian and so when he got cast as batman people were like what the fuck like the funny guy is gonna be bruce wayne i get it but obviously him and burton have worked very well together over the years and this is you know the poster child for that all right horns number right, two my yeah my number two this movie scared the ever living shit out of me as a kid and that's because there's a scene where a little girl has a troll under her bed that has been hiding there for like hours and that's every kid's fear right is that there's actually something under your bed and this is a guy whose movies i would rent like literally every other week because there were so many of them Ernest Scared Stupid. Love the, the Ernest movies. Ernest P. Worrell Halloween movie. Yeah. Have you? Do you remember this one specifically? I, I I remember Ernest goes to camp more than any of them. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest goes to jail. Ernest plays basketball. All great. Ernest Scared Stupid. I think is the best one. And in this one, he has to save. I can't remember the name of the town he's in. Uh, but there is this troll that has. Uh, I think Ernest somehow accidentally um, read like some spell. Or like a talisman enchanted Sounds this like troll it. back to life and this troll is scary as fuck dude it uh like i said it, it kidnaps children which i mean for a kid's movie that was a pretty scary concept but it's That's weird scary because concept as an adult oh yeah it legitimately plays like a horror movie when the troll is on screen but then when Ernest shows up it's classic Ernest, uh just doing his earnest things which is great but it's also a little jarring to the senses but i love it because it's nostalgic, but um, it's also just like classic Ernest, which is one of my favorite uh, comedy series. Ernest scared stupid. All right, Brian, what's your number one movie that you watch every Halloween? Number one, and I'm probably going to get some flack for this, um, but I don't know that I have ever missed watching this a year since it came out. Um and that is Hocus Pocus. I absolutely love Hocus Pocus. Check out our commentary on that. We've actually done a commentary on a lot of the movies that we've talked about today. Um, we've done Halloween. Yeah, and Hocus Pocus. Yeah, and Hocus Pocus. I guess, I guess only two. Not a lot. Two. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hocus Pocus. I mean, it's just... It breaks me back. It's so much fun. So corny and silly, but yet great all at the same time. Um, this is one of those movies that is just absolutely ridiculous, but everybody took the role seriously and, uh, played their part, uh, which I think is really important when you have movies like this. It's just a insane idea and insane concept. And yet everybody did their part. And that was another one that scared the shit out of me as a kid. I used to have nightmares that the witches were kidnapping me. Yep. You sm I smell children. So. Oh, God, I'm just, I'm getting frightened <laughs> just hearing that. But yeah, to your point, I mean, Bette Midler, like one of the most accomplished stage actors ever, for her to take on this role and just fully buy into it 
um, and ham it, being willing to ham it up like that on screen is what makes it work so well. She had no inhibitions about this role, and it is utterly, but in in a way that, again, somehow just feels right. It does. It does. It is. I mean, I've actually already watched it this Halloween season. So there you go. Okay. Has Baby Banner? Does she watch it, or is she scared of the? Oh, she loves it. Oh kids? yeah, we actually have we have um, Bette Midler's Sanderson sister in a inflatable out in our yard. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, we love. We lo- I will Hocus. say, I personally think Hocus Pocus is a bit overrated, but I think that says less about what I think about the movie, and more about how like the cult following behind this film is a little bit insane. I will. I will give you that now. Uh, now, that, what? How did you feel about the second one? You know, I liked it a lot when I saw it, but we had like a watch party for it at our house, and everyone got hammered drunk. And I think I went back and rewatched like half of it a second time, and I was like, "Yeah, I was definitely drunk enjoying this the first time." Because we were saying like really hyperbolic things, like "This is better than the original," like halfway through. Yeah. And then afterwards, I was like, "All right, we need to relax." Yeah, it is a solid sequel that came out what 25 30 years later um had it gives you all the good feels but i mean it's it's whatever and then i guess they're coming out with a third one next year too are any of the witches coming back i don't know i just found this out like 10 minutes ago when i was bringing up the oh shit the page yeah so comment below you can let us know what's going on with that yeah, someone listening to our podcast is like screaming. They that they know the answer, and we can't hear them because they're driving. Yeah. Sorry. All right, Hornsies. What's all right? My what's number, your one, number one. Number one every year. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone had this on any list ever. Um, it is a Disney Channel original movie, and it is one that I absolutely love. I think it's a genius uh, idea for a plot, and I think that the cast in this just completely own their roles and that is the decom disney channel original movie mom's got a date with a vampire vampire yep fantastic very, very good um fan fucking test i'm trying movie. to look so matt o'leary uh no hang on that's the child who's what's the name of the guy who charles shaughnessy he plays the vampire in this he was also on the nanny with fran dresser he yep. is incredible i mean you could not cast a better vampire for it. And the entire time, I think one of the great things that the DCOMs did when our generation was of age to watch these was they built a series of movies uh, shown through the lens of like prepubescent kids living in a world where uh, they're not taken seriously or believed, which at the time I think is was just something we had such an ability to relate to. And in this movie, of course, these kids are telling their mom that they don't, feel comfortable with her going on a blind date with this guy because they think he's a vampire and of course she's like you guys are fucking ridiculous and spoiler alert for the movie but he is he is a vampire <laughs> so it's, the, it's them trying to get her out of it and then of course uh i already closed it out so i'm too lazy to look it up but the actor who plays lizzie mcguire's dad he is a descendant of van helsing who finally gets the phone call he's been waiting for his whole life because they need his help hunting this vampire down <laughs> it's pretty great but also he's like Sha- Shaughnessy who plays plays the vampire is like 
oddly charming as well, where you like kind of like him. You do. Trying to kill their mom. That's what makes a good villain. Is I don't that, see like, you, you empathize with them. Yeah, like you, I don't want to say you're like rooting for him necessarily, but uh, he's definitely you. You want more of him on screen the entire time. All right, that's our list. Anything you want to close with, Banner, before we move on to our protein shake? No, I mean, there are obviously a billion classics out there. Um, these are just the ones that I try and hit every year, but by no means do we not watch, you know, all the other ones, the saws, you've got uh, um, the scream movies, all we those things. Nightmare movies. on Elm Street. We, yep, Nightmare on Elm Street. We yep. uh, check out, has it dropped yet our, our commentary on I Know What You Did Last Summer? If it has not, it's coming soon. It did actually just dropped. Yeah, it just dropped last week, actually. Beautiful. Or this week. I guess I was listening to it now, probably last week. Yeah, that was uh, the original is an underrated slasher film, I think. I forgot I forgot how great it was. Yeah, it's fun for sure. Just a fun time for movies. <clears throat> All right, let us know. Uh, comment below your list, your top three. Uh, obviously, we you know there's some obvious ones we didn't mention, but I think one nice thing about these lists is that we try to do is make it very unique to us. And uh, I mean, we left out some of the classic ones, but that doesn't mean we're not watching them for sure. All right, on to our protein shake, where we go around and talk about what is in our cup, also known as what have we watched lately? Banner, I don't know. Are you frozen or am I? No, you're back. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, I have, let's see, one, two, I have about five things, although one of them part, I'm hardly going to talk about it at all. Uh, why don't we toss to you first? Okay. Seen lately? I've got three. Um, one thing, uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, uh, the okay. latest movie this. in the uh, Transformers series. I liked it. I thought it was good. I think as far as the Transformers movies gets, it was probably middle middle of the pack maybe maybe upper half um but i really liked it uh reminded me of beast wars from when i was a kid which was awesome and there's still a little meat on the bone where they could come back to the well if they wanted to i liked it as well but i feel like we hardly got any beasts in this thing it still it just felt like an OG Transformers movie. I mean, the beasts are in the beginning briefly, and then they don't show up for like another hour and 40 minutes, I don't think. Yeah, I could buy that. I could I could buy that. The beasts, the beasts were cool, though, and the look of them was great. Um, skip ahead, I don't know, 30 seconds if you don't want the ending spoiled for Transformers Rise of the Beast. But what did you think about the Hasbro crossover potential at the end with G.I. Joe? Oh, you know, I eat that shit up. I fucking love it. Same. Yeah, I eat like that shit. Like a chicken slop. Yeah. I didn't like the Iron Man suit thing they did with him, but I would absolutely shit my pants if they did, and I'm sure they will, do a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. Because, again, it's literally like me as a 10-year-old playing with my toys in my fucking game room. Yep. But getting to see it on screen. Throw throw a Power Ranger or two in there, and you literally have my, like, Tuesday afternoons. Yes. And then uh, Sunny D and a pack of Gushers. That's me. God, Gushers are That's so great. Life. They're so fucking good. I'm glad Man. kids still know what Gushers are. Yeah. 
Yeah, again, I thought it was solid. The Transformers movies, though, I've always kind of been an apologist for them. Like, even the worst one with bloated runtime, I still find incredibly watchable. And if you're going to say that Mark Wahlberg gives a horrible performance in the two that he's in, I will agree and just say that only makes it more entertaining for me. Yeah. No, I have, I have no problem with how he played the role. <laughs> you and I are the wrong people for some shit to about a Transformers movie. Yeah. All right, it's like my defense got? of boneless wings. I tell people, I tell people I like boneless wings, and they go, "They're just like chicken nuggets." And I go, "Is that supposed to be an indictment on boneless? You think chicken nuggets is a negative thing?" Yeah, I have nothing against boneless, boneless chicken wings. I, in certain situations, I think they are extremely practical. Way easier to do. That's my big thing. All right, uh, I'm going to talk about two of these things real quick just because we have content that dropped for them, and I'll save my thoughts for those other pieces of uh, Bro4 Squad uh, media that people can check out. And the first one is the aforementioned I Know What You Did Last Summer, which Brian, Ronnie, Cycling, and I just did a movie commentary on. So you can find that on anywhere you find our podcast. We're reading this. Basically, it's a watch-along of the movie with us, and it's streaming on Peak now. So if you have that service, you can watch it along with us. I will say, unfortunately, I had to... Duck out for like 10, 15 minutes in the middle and come back because a tree in my front yard got struck by lightning and fell. But, it was uh, it was an incredible movie commentary. Let me tell you, like it was at everything you want. We laughed. We cried. It was exciting. We got scared. It has it all. Yeah. And so especially for Halloween, if you're like going through a uh, like a binge watch of a bunch of horror and slasher movies and you, you stumble upon that one, we'd love to watch it with you. So go check out our movie commentary. Uh, speaking of movies that we watched this Halloween that we did content on, Cycli and I did a spoilers review of Saw X, which came out uh, at the very end of September. So if you're a Saw head like we are and you've seen the movie, go ahead, check that out, too, because we, Cycli and I, are, and Banner as well, love the Saw franchise. We had a lot to say about this one. Um, really, really liked it. So check out our spoilers review of that. Uh, Banner, before I throw it back to you, I will say I also saw the sequel to I Know What You Did Last Summer. I still know what you did last summer. This one I had remembered seeing, or at least I remembered like the general conceit of it, like the plot um, many, many years ago. Going back and rewatching it, I believe this is one of the first films with Jack Black in it. He plays a stoner at the resort that uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt goes to. And this movie, the longer it goes, uh, the more it falls apart, but it is campy enough. Yeah, and has enough... Um, character decisions that are so questionable and bad that i just again found it pretty enjoyable to watch now having said that i think i gave it a one and a half stars uh, rating on letterbox because in good conscience it is a bad movie that it gets worse the longer that it overstays its welcome um, good, but movie. if you like the first one exactly if you like the first one and you like slashers you're definitely not going to be bored watching it it's not well made the script is pretty bad i will say and the one thing that i don't like is taking it taking the characters to like a tropical setting does make it not and maybe this is just me but this makes it not as fun to watch around halloween because it's it's just like so far out of the element that i'm used to seeing a slasher movie in that it almost it just feels weird in some ways this one was probably actually like dropped at halloween where the other one was dropped in probably like july because that makes sense right Right. It's, it's called like Matt Geiger Disney, marketing. 
right? How Disney dropped the Haunted Mansion like in July or something. It was, and it wasn't even a fucking good movie either. It was terrible. No. Yeah. All right, Banner, back to you. What else you got? All right, next one. Now we're starting to get into uh, the Halloween movies here. Uh, I believe this one was on Paramount Plus. Uh, Significant Other. Have you heard of this one? You know what? I might have seen that. Uh, You keep talking while I look it up. So, uh, yeah, I got to pull it up so I can tell you more about it. But it's got um, a guy from White Lotus. Okay, no, I didn't see this, but I... Yeah, I definitely remember the trailer, though. A couple goes out in the woods, and then they kind of they get lost and sort of start questioning how well they actually know each other or so feel for each other. So, premises is uh, you've got boyfriend, girlfriend, and they go out uh, camping. Um, I don't, if I remember Sorry, how long have they been together? Like, yeah, it's a while. It's been, it's been a while. It's long okay, enough so to they're where... Like maybe close to getting engaged. That's the whole, the whole thing, is they go out there to... Uh, he goes out there, finds this perfect place over the cliff, asks her to marry her, and she did not say yes. And so then they're obviously out in the woods camping for a week primitively. There's no cell service or anything. Um, and then you got an, the next uh, maybe 45 minutes of the movie is is a good little good little thriller, little scary. Um, did not it took a twist that I wasn't expecting. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but I was not expecting it to, um, to be a twist, uh, of that. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, if would I you was, recommend, I would recommend it quick watch 84 minutes is all. So you know, fly through Love this that. thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when this came out, I was definitely intrigued and Jake late. I like Micah Monroe. She, uh, she's been in quite a few things I've seen, even though I haven't liked the movies. I've liked her. Like she's in uh, Independence Day Regurgence. Mm. Yes, I know that's not the real <laughs> title. Uh, and then Jake Lacey is always uh, pleasant to watch. He's good at just playing the guy that kind of like, you're like, dude, fuck this guy. Very punchable face. But I have, feel like in real life, I'd get along with him very well. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's basically just them the entire movie. So um, again, really great watch. They had, they had good chemistry or not good chemistry, which is what you wanted in this kind of movie with each other. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Their chemistry was that they, you believed that they actually did, weren't getting along. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, so um, they do hate each other. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um, all right. I watched, I'm just going to talk about this real quick. Cause I just want to let people know how much I love it. I rewatched Avengers Endgame. Probably a 14th or 15th watch. Saw it twice in theaters. And then obviously, you know, every once in a while, I'll revisit it on Disney Plus probably two, three times a year. Took me a couple sittings because it is a long movie. But the highlights are highlights. I think I still think it has the greatest scene in movie history with the portal scene, which I don't think that's really necessarily a hot take. I think a lot of people would uh, feel that way, especially because if you saw it in theaters, the experience with that is incredible. Um, and again, just incredible balancing of all these movies and storylines coming together to not feel bloated or convoluted. And especially having seen like time travel and multiverse movies come out since then, especially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Endgame to me is still just an absolute masterclass in uh, of script, first off by Marcus and McFeely, but then directing as well. So love this movie. It's at least a twice a year watch for me. Yeah, it's, 
it is a it's cinema history and this i would say this is probably the only cinema history that's obviously known like luke i am your father that is cinema history this is probably the only one where you have mm-hmm. this culmination of what 22 movies coming to a head in one um that i have lived through or i i experienced live they really do a good job of like actually bringing all those movies into the fray like i guess you could say that the edward norton incredible hulk isn't like necessarily such a huge part of the story but uh even like a banner's arc in it he references like experiences in new york and the game already obviously uh william hurt comes back briefly as ross so it's like literally all these films tie in together and, and all the characters have an important role to play like even hawkeye who was cast aside in the first uh, avengers movie by joss whedon is you could argue one of the the if not the most integral character in this movie like yeah you see it through his eyes basically yeah so it, it's incredible uh, i don't know what much else we can say about it but i'm gonna have to figure something out because spoiler alert it's coming up somewhere on my top 100 list still mm-hmm. um all right one more that i'll talk about and then i'll save the others for next time we pod is a uh horror movie that is on tubi it's from 2008 it's called eden lake this stars probably right before both of the actors blew up maybe not so much the second one but it stars michael fassbender and kelly riley who was in like yellowstone she's in the first sherlock holmes she's in true detective season two she's in like a ton of shit if you see her you're like oh yeah she's in like everything um and they play a couple who is uh about to get engaged like michael fossman is about to propose to her and they take a weekend trip to a place that used to vacation uh with this family called eden lake and while they're there they run into a group of like i don't know 13 year old uh teenager this takes place in uh england by the way 13 year old okay. teenagers who are just kind of like sh- shitheads there's like there's like four of them so and they start like, like harassing we fassbender and kelly <laughs> yes but with british accents although you had that weird year where you just refused to not talk in a british accent but i'm trying to forget and funny now i can't talk Dark in an time. accent so i think that's what you did is you like burnt out the the part of your vocal cords that were able yeah. to do it to produce it i just i just spent all my, uh, my so, accent talking coins yeah we only have a limited amount um so Fossbender and riley started to kind of get harassed by these kids things begin to escalate and i will just say that the won't spoil anything obviously the ending of this movie is fucking wild like it stuck with me it was a powerful last scene. Interesting. And this was on Tubi? And it's short. Yes, but this is one that, like, you have a palate cleanser ready afterwards because it's a pretty intense movie. Ooh, okay. But it's interesting. So, like, afterwards, I'm trying to go now. I think afterwards I watched uh, the show Our Flag Means Death with Taika Waititi <laughs> just because I need something stupid. Yeah, that's that definitely I'll talk falls about that. in that, that category. Yeah, I'll talk about that in a minute. In a few other episodes, but that show is fucking ridiculous, and I love it. But Eden Lake, uh, if you're in the right headspace, Cycle would love it. I think you and the missus might get some out of it, too. Um, But it's intense, but it's interesting, and, uh, I mean, anything Fossbender's in, I think, is worth watching. He's incredible. He really is. 
And I don't know, like, when when was first class, X-Men first class? This must have been, like, right around the time that happened. 08? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, this, that was maybe 08 or 2010, maybe? Because Eden Lake is 08. Let me just look it up real quick. I'm not, I'm not a big first class because fan, I, so... Um, well, maybe won't load, but well, you're it was 11. Up. So this was actually three years before he was even Magneto. Wow, nice. All right, I got one more. Um, you can talk about real quick because it fucking sucked. We have a ghost. Uh, on Netflix, uh, Anthony Mackie's in it. Um, David Harbor. This movie did not know what it wanted to be. It wanted to be like sincere and sweet and it wanted to be kind of scary but then also funny and those all don't mix very well um this was like right at two hours and my god did you feel every second of it Yeesh. yeah uh premises yeah i got i i was gonna say i got from the trailer or i could already kind of get that tonal confusion yeah it it like didn't know dramatic about this guy who died or is the whole premise yeah i mean the premise you've got a ghost in your house and they try and basically figure out what happened to this guy um it's just it it, it took me three watches to get through and you guys know me i'm sick and i i very ah. rarely don't finish something um so i had to force i was gonna say were to. you on the were you and uh, Brooke Banner at all thinking like, do we just call chalk this one up to a, a sunk cost and we don't finish it? Or are you such a completist that you're like, even if I have to do this on my own? I'll oh, yeah, I'm a definitely I'll do this on my own if I need to. Um, but she finished it with me. She was a trooper. But every time we're like, ugh, I guess we'll put this on. Isn't it the worst? It feels like a work. It does. It does. But like in a two-hour no, movie, when Netflix you're an hour, I believe, right? It is, yeah. And when you're when you're an hour fifteen to a two-hour movie, you're you're invested at that point, no matter how horrible it is. Yeah, that's the worst part. Before you realize how big a piece of shit it is, you're like, well, we've already put in, you know, sixty percent of the runtime. We might as well just stick it out. Yeah. The reason I was asking if this is a Netflix original, uh, Marlon Wayans did. He did a Netflix movie very similar, um, although now I don't see it on here. About a ghost. Oh, The Curse of Bridge Hollow is what Marlon Wayans was in that came out last year. Okay. And it was very similar. Like, couple move, moves into a house. It's, like, haunted. Um, it's, like, a... His I get, is also described as a family movie, but it was, like, a comedy horror that had some dramatic elements. And I, I don't know if this is just, like, part of the... Netflix algorithm algorithm excuse me that they have to pop one of these out once a year but I think two is enough and I like Marlon Wayans and Anthony Mackie Anthony Mackie more than Marlon Wayans but like we don't need this no no this you did not need this at all it was like I said I honestly would have rather watched the Haunted Mansion that came out in July than watch this well and that I'm fucking sucks too. Highly that movie yeah <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you said that because this was on. I wasn't like a for sure I'm gonna give it a poke, but uh, Halloween obviously is here, and that was one that I had seen, and I like Anthony Mackie and David Harbour, and I know there's a few. Like, isn't Jennifer Coolidge in it also? Jennifer Coolidge has a small part in it. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, so we were kind of considering it, but now I will not do that. Yeah. Yeah, you have, you have uh, better uh, ways to waste your 120 minutes. Uh, nope, that's all I got. Absolutely. All right, that is it for me, too. That brings us to the last part of our show. And that parrot signifies our Do You Even Lift Bra segment. The question and answer part of the Bro Force podcast, where we pose a question and then leave you. So today we continue asking ourselves the question of what are the bros top 100 movies of all time? We've been counting these down for, I believe, a little bit over a year. If you click in the uh, or look in the description of this podcast, you'll find a link to a Google sheet that is updated every episode with the most recent movies in our count. Today, Banner and I are going to give you each of our number 47 uh, favorite movies of all time. Banner, before we do that, just give the people at home a little bit of context as to what these lists are, are because they're not like the AFI, like the American Film Institute's top 100 pieces of film ever made. This is very unique to us and our specific tastes. Yes, this is my top 100 list. There are movies that are on this list that have no, they shouldn't be sniffing a top 100 list, but maybe it's nostalgic to you or um, great theater experience. It's tied to, tied to a memory. Uh, that's all. These are my personal top 100 movies. Um, so this isn't, this isn't going to be something where like, Oh, well, that wasn't actually a good movie. Yes. No, I understand. That's a terrible movie. For example, Jeff, was it Rush Hour 2? Was that uh, that was on your top 100 because it was the first DVD you ever had? Yeah. Yes, and I watched the fuck out of it. Let me find out where it is. Oh my. Yeah. It's my number 84 movie. Uh, and Nate Thurman's was in Bruges. So that shows you where we're at. <laughs> Banners was the Iron Giant, his number 80, 84. So all over the fucking place. And Geiger's was Gladiator. So Geiger had like an Academy Award nominated film there, and I had Rush Hour 2. That is why I love this. Uh, fun activity. I suggest trying it at home. It's much, much more difficult than you think it is. Yeah, and if you're wondering at home, like, well, how do I even start this list? Well, I just, as you think of a movie that you've seen, have a Google spreadsheet and number it 100 to 1. And as you go through, drop it in. It's like a game of Plinko. Drop it in the number 100 slot. Keep moving it down in your head until you say, you know what? It's not better than that movie. It's exercise. hard because there are some that you're like, wow, that should be way lower than this. But it just isn't. Yes, I'm sorry. I meant like that. It's not daunting a task to like organize as you think. The hard part, like you said, though, is, OK, pitting two movies against each other that have a special place in your heart. Yeah, personally. All right, Banner, uh, where we last left off, your number 48 favorite movie of all time is one that I absolutely love, and that is Tron Legacy. What is one ahead of that at number 47? One ahead of that is National Treasure. Uh, this is a guilty oh, wow. pleasure. Um, I love movies that I call them fictitious history. There is a, yeah. a element of history in there, but then you build this entire story that is just completely false around it. Um, it's a really fun treasure hunt movie. Um, I just, I don't know. There's something about it that I love. It's a, it's a perfect Saturday afternoon watch. Uh, 
I just have a lot of fun with it. And this is one that I was like, I just can't say that I, every time it's on, I'm going to stop and I want to watch to the end, not even to the next commercial. I'm just going to finish it out. So I just couldn't put it any lower, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know if there's a subgenre for like, um, even saying it's like an adventure movie, I don't feel like is niche enough to get it. Like, I think of Indiana Jones as like an adventure like caper, but this is like a, it's like a cryptic, like you're solving a puzzle, but it's also like something that you know does not exist in real life. But in your head, you're like, I want there to be a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. I need that. And this is why you go to the movies, to turn your fucking brain off and watch Nicolas Cage, Justin Bartha, and Diane Kruger just be utterly ridiculous. And you're like, it's very few movies that I get the feeling with this where I'm like, dude, I'm in this hunt with you. Like, I'm trying to figure this shit out with you. Yep. And that's what's so fun about the National Treasure movies. And as you always say, Banner, they know exactly what they are, right? Like, they're, they're they not don't trying take to be something seriously. Good. They're not trying to be overly funny. They're just just pure entertainment. Stays in their but lane. they're also not, like, yeah, staying in their lane is a good way to put it. Because they're also not, like, making a complete joke of the film to where it's like, oh, okay, so, like, we're laughing with you now, not at you. You know, like, it's, they have a very good uh, sense of where to draw the line with the humor to not make it, like, basically a parody of those types of movies. Yeah, they ride that have fence, you, that line, very, very well. Have you checked the Disney Plus? which is like loosely connected to the franchise i actually have not um it's on my list to do i just haven't just haven't gotten around to it um got busy and then obviously we had ahsoka now we're we're working through loki so fitting it in is uh um i need to do that soon though uh captain zeta jones i I have not seen it yet either yeah she's the villain and i think justin bartha is at least in the first episode so like our characters that have crossed, which is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. If you watch it before I do, which you probably will, definitely let me know how it is. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. <laughs> Last we left off was my number forty-eight movie of all time, which was the Truman Show, Jim Carrey classic. <laughs> one ahead of that, at number forty-seven, one of the movies that shaped my comedic sensibilities, one of the hardest I've ever laughed in theaters, and I still think is the best parody movie of all time because it only parodies the concept of this character and then ends up being so unique and uh, comedically inventive on its own that it really just uses that as your entry point. And that is the 1997 classic, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Banner, what are your thoughts on the OG Austin Powers? Oh, I love it. It's great. Um, Some, again, just pure laughter. Uh, when it came out, um, you know, obviously there was a lot of sex jokes and that's right whenever you start to actually understand a lot of those. Uh, so I think that was very well put when you said shaped your, kind of your, uh, comedic liking, liking. And yes, it goes for like the lowest common denominator, but, uh, even just Austin Powers, like exiting, being frozen and like claiming his belongings and acting like the penis pump isn't his is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Dr. Evil, of course, is incredible. And like I said, this is a parody of um, James Bond. Yep. But really, it's not right? like the concept of one is parodied, but 
it's not like the scary movies where it just takes like, hey, remember this thing from another movie? Haha, ha, isn't it stupid? Like, it's just kind of the point that he's a secret agent. And yes, you know, Dr. Evil is based on Dr. No, and some of the villains look like Bond villains. But by the second movie, and especially the third, like, these characters are unique enough that, like, they really don't even rely at all on the fact that he's a James Bond knockoff. Yeah, it's it's like a... It's like your crazy cousin. It's like it's like James Bond's Bond's James Bond's crazy cousin. It's like James Bond adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, it's like excuse me. It's like just James Bond enough to like get you to give it a poke like to try and watch it and then once you get past like that initial concept of it, it's not it's like it's Mike Myers basically. It is. It's Austin Powers. That's what it is. All three of them. Well, like the jokes are, yeah, the jokes are like ankle deep. Like odd job and having the guy be named Random Task. That's pretty <laughs> fucking stupid. But again, the joke with him is who throws a shoe? Honestly, <laughs> he gets all pissed off at him. And it's it's dumb. It doesn't really age well. But like you know, a lot of these movies don't. Uh, but. If this was ever on TV, I would I would watch it and be like, yep, I remember thinking that this was the funniest fucking thing that I'd ever seen in my life when I was like yep. 12 years old. So. All right. Great. I think that's it. That's We're getting a little ahead of the other bros. So thank you. Just good memories. Although, uh, well, I don't want to spoil that. I'm going to say Austin Powers uh, might show up again. Might not. Who knows? Who knows? All right, Banner, before we let the people go for episode 211, anything you want to leave people with? Words of wisdom, maybe some trick-or-treating advice for this year? Uh, Yeah, I mean, again, guys, pull over for emergency vehicles, as always, especially on Halloween. Guys, let's let's drive safe. Let's leave our lights on. Maybe go just the speed limit, not over. Um, Watch out for the kids trick-or-treating, you know? I don't want to have to pull over for an emergency vehicle because you ran some kid over just to get their candy. That's that's rude. We're better than that, people. Yeah. We're better. I, I like I hope we're better than that. Sometimes I question. But if there's ever a time to not uh, keep driving when an emergency vehicle is coming, it's it's this time of year. Oh hello Eve. All right, well, for me, Matt Scientist, this is Brian Banner. I'm the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. We are the Bro Force Squad Podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. You type in Bro Force Squad as three separate words. Uh, anything we've ever done is on our website, and so is our squad blog at broforcesquad.com. And we are on Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. Uh, threads at Force Squad. We don't post on there much, but if you want to reach us, check us out there. Until next time, we'll see you in the neighborhood, and I will be taking your Halloween candy, unless it's dots, because those are gross. I want some gushers now, dude. They're, yeah. The sour, remember sour gushers? Dude, sour gushers, yes. How do they make gushers? Just, they ask an angel to shit in their hand and they package it up. 